Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that helps us grow together. I'm Amy McKees. And I'm Don Griffin, Jr. Okay, so this is our second conversation. Ever? No. <laughs> well, we, we noticed that we were spending such long time talking that we might as well just record well, well, it and yes. see if there's anything good in there. <laughs> It's okay in this context, in, in our safe place podcast, to be wrong. Oh, absolutely. We're going to be wrong all the time, but we're just talk. We're just being real. Authenticity. Authenticity. Relational cultural about, theory talks about authenticity a lot. I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the part of the podcast that bugged me was the part where I said, um, in reference to someone that I had described as racist, I said, but he's got a good heart. And that, like, as I sat through the week, that bothered me. Um, and it's, and I don't know exactly how to tease that out because I was thinking of the different context that that could be said, where you would say, oh, but he's got a good heart. And I'm like, so if it's just me and say that crazy uncle of mine and he's being totally racist and he says really awful things and I say Uncle Scott this is not okay don't say those things and I also know that I love him because he's my racist mm-hmm. uncle or whatever I don't know I, I so I have this other friend I mean I, I have more than you have two friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but every once in a while I'll get I'll get a uh a uh, text uh, from her, and it is a racist text. What? It's, really? It, it and and or, or it'll say something. It'll be something Trumpian. Oh, I think there there was one where it said a l- the little boy said, "I hate race." It was it was actually a Charles uh, Schultz mm-hmm. uh, cartoon mm-hmm. with who's the black guy? The Franklin. black. Franklin and you know the, the and and Charlie Brown mm-hmm. and the bubble was changed. It's a classic. It's like the first time that Franklin was introduced. It's a it's actually a great story, right? But this one had it where Franklin says, "I hate racist," and Charlie Brown says, "I hate being called a racist when I'm not," or something like that. Oh, yeah, they've been changing yeah. it around, right? So that was one. What do you do with that? that? I think maybe that's what that's that's yeah. the frustration that there are. I I hadn't watched Fox News in a while. Why not? And uh, and this morning, I tried to just watch it. I tried to to do it, Oof. and it was like this complete bizarro world of like anti fact. I mean, it was so wrong. It's not even, not even in the middle. It's not even the 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 the, the things that they're they're just talking about. It it just 
it will make your head explode. I, I used to, it used to be you, you, you would, you would uh, listen to Rush Limbaugh, and mm-hmm. that would happen. Yes, I would do that when I travel. But it's gotten that bad watching Fox. So, okay, this ties back to last week, too. Okay. In that I talked about the whole fascist conversation with my son and, like, just, like, who is fascist and who is not fascist and um, and how we use those words and what they mean and how we live in the world where we are right now, which is uh, really confusing at best. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. We've got climate change happening really fast, mm-hmm. and we've got... I, it feels to me that we've got racism coming back up and into sort of a boil, like maybe it's this big zit and it's about to be popped. Or mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it feels like like we're or we're at least able to see our racism, and when we see it, then it just gets angrier and uglier. And is I guess I don't know. But I, it, I don't even know if it's just racism. I think it's everything that you talk about—the climate change. The I, I think. Maybe this is it, Amy. What? We're in a we're in a time where and I, I don't know if this has ever happened in my lifetime where people don't believe in fact. There are actually people that do not believe in real news and real facts and they deny climate change and they deny racism and they deny and, and it's right there. I mean it's you've got Ten things that say it's 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 this is wrong, but they'll go to one source that tells them that they that what they feel is right, and they'll stick with that. And everything else is fake. It is bizarre. And how? And I I did I've done the thing where I've watched Fox News, and one day I pulled up. I just did two different browsers on my laptop and I had one where I have this conservative Facebook profile and I looked at all of that it's not it's a pretend name and a pretend place really? and all that? these things I've just been so that I could see what the world looks like okay. from that and and then there's mine and I'm sort of going through these and his world it's a white man is not my world like it is a completely different like his understanding of the world is not my understanding of the world. It's that it's that deep. Wow. And um, so so I think we've got some big chasms happening. Well, if um, you're finding if his world is finding things that support his thoughts, and yeah. and that's all he's seeing, and everything else he's actually he's actually filtered out anything that doesn't agree with his his background and his thoughts and so there's no reason you're not even you're not even looking for news to change or to change your ideas you're looking for news to support what you already believe so if that's a racist view or a bigoted view it's right there it's right there and everything else is false i let it evolve but i let it evolve by making sort of bland comments on extremely conservative posts that I found at like focus on the family my guy's religious and um, I would make just little comments and then I found uh, some Facebook groups where people that liked those 
things also participated in discussion and then I asked to join those groups and then a little at a time I friended people in those groups and then I would friend some of their friends. Wow. And yeah, I, I'm not creepy at all. <laughs> um, but it is like I it's I don't do I don't look at it very often because it's really it's depressing. I would really like this. You'd probably get invited to be a, a three percenter or something. I, I want to see. That's you know, so like, funny because uh, my like my internal model of this guy is that he couldn't be a three percenter because he's just too much of a nerd. He's like this conservative. It just, just was really funny imagining him being recruited by the three percenters. Okay, so maybe they think he's too wimpy. I think I, uh, he wears a blazer. Like, does that help? No, you're, you don't know. You know what? <laughs> I don't think you know enough conservative people because what all, everything that you just said, I mean, that's so funny because, okay, here I am, this black guy from Bloomington, Indiana. We're from the same place, but we had, we grew up with different types of friends. I grew up on the west side of town, so uh -huh. I had to learn, and I come from a blue-collar background. My dad is a... You know, even though he's educated, he, my dad was a police officer. Officer, uh -huh. so and where I where where I lived was a a very um uh um I lived in Van Buren, uh, and before uh -huh. that I lived in an area called Park Square Apartments, which is now or called Orchard Glen, mm -hmm. and so we're talking about where I lived in a working class, you know, uh, um, uh, I, I would call. Yeah, um, lower middle class existence growing up. Mm -hmm. And so my friends were, you know, I had friends like Hans Barson, which he's very intellectual and his parents are educated and friends like you. However, I had other friends that I don't, I'm not even going to name their names because they probably <laughs> think they're intellectual, but they weren't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if I didn't learn to become friends and learn to find something to like about people, I would have been by myself. I wouldn't be able to play with any of the kids in my neighborhood. Uh, you know, now I, at, at the age I am, I can weed those folks out. But, I'm, I mean, they're still my friends on... You should see the things that I see on my Facebook post. Because oh. I've got it but I've got it coming both ways. And from clients, from friends, from old friends, from... Uh -huh. It's all over the place. So where you've had you got got to separate, uh, which is kind of cool that you could do that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, mine I... is kind of every. It's just Don Griffin ends up being just everything. If you didn't see my picture, it would be kind of. I, I mean, just wondered that. Did you not tell Facebook that you're black? I, I, <laughs> maybe they don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm progressive in some sorts, but I mean, I do have a lifetime. Permit, gun permit. I don't know if you do that. I, I do know that. Okay. I do know that. The, the conversation about um, fighting amongst progressives, like between, um, and we're, we're seeing lots of it right now in Bloomington with like people who identify as liberal but are not behaving in an anti-racist way at all about the farmer's market, like writing writing these letters about Maybe the protesters could take a week off. Oh my gosh. Um, so that she could have a more peaceful time. And is she the same as someone who has sought out an organization devoted to white supremacy 
and then said, what are your dues and where do I send the check? Who are we talking about? The person writing those letters to t- tell us to maybe take a week off and, and not mess up her Saturday morning. And don't worry, she's super liberal too. She went like on a church mission trip to help people. So You're not talking about just one person. That's a, that's that's a correlation. Of, yes, yes. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, just and they're they're folks that you re, you respect or at least like. Uh, I'm seeing them put this stuff out on Facebook, and it's a little disturbing. I've tried to actually be quiet because if I said the things that I wanted to say, uh-huh. um, just the audacity that these folks have, because it's it's me- it's messed up their cool. It's messed up their groove. Yeah. You know that it, we're we're exposing that Bloomington is not the perfect utopia that they once thought, or at least would like to feel. It um, kind of disturbs me because I thought, for the most part, that people in Bloomington want to be better. That they look that at they our issues to. and they want to be better. I continued the conversation with my son about the fascism, and one of the big takeaways for me a couple different takeaways but one of them was him saying that he you know that when I because I would I would go into these holes and just pepper him with questions like okay if we don't have police what are we doing and uh if we if we do that just you know try I would try to follow it to the farthest conclusion that I could and then ask him what we were going to do in that case and um and he's he's you know he said I don't know I don't know all I know is that I don't know and that I'm listening, you know, that I am trying to, I'm hearing that things that I used to believe are harmful and I'm trying to listen hmm. so that I can be better. And, um, and that really resonates with me because, because when he gets to there, there's an element of uncertainty. If you talked about um, abolishing police, like just re- thinking everything in our justice system. When, when you say that, people freak out and people dig in. And I did. Like, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, there, there's lots of huge racial problems in that. I get that. I can see that. And th- there's violence. And, but I just couldn't, like, it was so seared into my being that this is how we do things that I couldn't wonder about another way. And someone else said make sure that you're realizing that our current police system is based on slavery like that it came out of that those two things combined like i woke up one morning this week and was like oh my god oh what would it look like if we had a justice system that wasn't made out of slavery like that didn't come from that that wondering allowed me to let go of the stuff I really wanted to hold on to. And that allowed me to move into more conversation without feeling as defensive. I'm not there yet. You're not. I can't see a world without the police, or at least some kind of rules and regulations and people that are supposed to help keep those those uh, those rules and laws in place. Well, and um, I don't think it means we wouldn't have that. It just is different. 
a different way. Right before we started doing this, I read this Facebook comment. <laughs> it sounds like I'm on Facebook a lot more than I really am. I mean, but it was it was this guy saying someone had asked, "Why do you have any hope? Like, why send your kids to college? Because climate change is going to kill us all anyway. What are you doing?" And this guy wrote back this beautiful answer. And one of the things he said in the answer is, the current paradigm can't imagine the next paradigm. I take some comfort in that, in that I can't imagine what that would look like because I'm still pretty stuck in this paradigm. Hmm. I think until we find another way, uh -huh. I'm not willing to get off this horse. You know, but, but can this horse be better? Is this horse fixed? <laughs> I mean, yeah. is it sick? I think the horse is sick. And we can't say that all police, uh, are, are the, the whole idea of police is based off of slavery. Maybe we can say that uh, the the United States version of police may be based off of that. But you, That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but I think I mean, yeah. there are countries that have police that have never had slavery. So, yes, is there a racist culture in the police? I mean, look at how the, if you look at how the firemen started, if you want to look at how, you know, that was a money-making operation, you know, you had those guys actually setting things on fire and then, really? oh my gosh, oh my God. yes, <laughs> and then, and then uh, trying to, I mean, that they would try to get to the, uh, the, they 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 had different fire um, stations would fight to put out fires, you know, it, it crazy stuff. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, so, but it's not the same. You know, I, every time a police officer is behind me, I fear. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, am I two miles, am I two miles uh, above the speed limit? I mean, we're looking, we're looking in the rear view mirror. We're, we're scared. We know that there's a 50-50 chance the lights are going to go off and we're going to have to pull over and, and so you're sitting there, do, do I have everything? Is everything here? I mean... It's really a nerve-wracking experience to have a police officer, to be yeah. black and have a police officer behind you. Yeah, I can't, I honestly can't imagine. I mean, I've, I can probably think of four or maybe even five times in the last two years that I've been pulled over for nothing. So, I, I want to show you something. Okay. Have you seen this? It was shared by enough of my like a wide enough swath of my friends that I got really curious and clicked on it. I don't know very much about the guy who's talking in this because I, I don't watch the TV news very much at all. Um, but he's, he's responding to, to both of the shootings, to the shootings last week, and he's mm -hmm. responding to lots of people calling Trump a racist and insisting that it's his rhetoric and his way of being in the world that is causing this and this is his response what we know is that the country has been playing politics for a long time on this hatred we know this so it's easy for us to place it all on donald trump's shoulders it's easy for us to place Pittsburgh on his shoulders. It's easy for me to place Charlottesville on his shoulders. It's easy for us to place El Paso on his shoulders. This is us. And if we're going to get past this, we can't blame it on him. He's a manifestation of the ugliness that's in us. 
I had just been listening to it while I was moving around the house, so I hadn't, um, hadn't like stared at it while he talked before. <laughs> and and this this is something we talked about last week. I don't remember if it made it into the show or not. When we were talking about the farmers market, that there's people in the town that would have us believe that the racism in Bloomington is limited to this booth at the farmer's market. And so we can focus our anger on them. Mm -hmm. And if we could get them out of the farmer's market, the racism would be fixed and we would all be happy. We've already always known as an African-American, we've always known that there was racism in parts of Bloomington that other people don't or, or even racism in people that are pointing out other races. I, f I feel like what he's saying is that on a larger scale. And, it, like, we grow up in a white supremacist system. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. And to be able to look into that and acknowledge that it's part, part of you. When you're, like, on your therapeutic journey, you know, when you finally get a therapist someday... Mm -hmm. <laughs> A big part of the beginning of your work is being able just to see it. Like getting a safe enough relationship with a therapist that you can pull it out and look at it. And I think that a lot of our posturing around racism is us as a country refusing to pull it out and look at it. And instead, because that hurts, like that part of therapy sucks. It really hurts. It's so... I think it's so bad that you don't... I, I think it would shock us. That whole idea of American pride and exceptionalism would... would If we really looked into it and yeah. we really studied racism and how the country was built on the backs of... I mean, that's why they don't even want to talk about reparations. I mean, seriously, how, what, can you put a dollar figure... On, on oppressing and enslaving people for, you know, 200 plus years. Can you put a price on that? And when you look at, when, when, when you look at the New Deal and you look how that didn't help us, and when you look at uh, 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 African Americans coming back from wars that they fought with, mm -hmm. you know, uh, World War I, World War II, Korea, uh, uh, Vietnam, I mean, when you look at you know, like the sacrifices that African Americans have put into the country. You realize that they weren't, we weren't here voluntarily. That, and you still went to war and defended it. Yep. And it's our, I mean, we're, we're, this is our country. That's the other thing. That whole idea of it not being, this is the only country we've ever known. Yeah. You know what I mean? The whole idea that it's us or them, like we don't, we don't look at it as us or them. The whole idea of Black Lives Matter is we matter too. Yeah, hello, we're over here. We're, we're American too. Shots. We love this country as much and maybe even more. It, it's the only country we know, just like everyone else. And yet it's a country that doesn't love us or acknowledge the sacrifices that we put in. And it will be. I think it would be. It will be way hard to unpack to think about. It is. It. It would be. You. You'd sit there and go, whoa. And there are people who are doing this work, and it's really hard. And I think, like, I. I wonder if that's part of, of the difficulty now too. Is you've got people who are doing this work, and when you're doing this work, you feel 
raw and disturbed because it's disturbing and um and then when they bump into other people who are like um look I made this cute little sign so I mean you know like that aren't gonna like really jump in and do the work too then it's frustrating so so yeah so what I what I feel like is important in what he was saying and really spoke to me and then comes out into our work here in Bloomington, Indiana, is this idea that the ugliness is in us too. Like, I carry that with me, and it's my job to be brave enough to look at it. I, then what do I do with it after I look at it? I'm not completely certain, but all I know is that right now I try to look at it. And I know that's different than what we've been doing. You know, like we grew up, like if, if you said, if I had said, um, mommy, that person's black, it would have been like, don't, don't say that. We don't, don't see, see color. color. Like, <laughs> we don't see color. And I want you to see color. I think that's it. That's, I want you to see that. I, I like, I've, I've told these people this before. I like being black. You know, it's, it's what I've done for my 47 years and I don't know how to be anything you else. You should try being white. I, I, I don't think I can. <laughs> uh, I, and, and, I mean, I would never want you to be anything that you are. I mean, I, you know, I want, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yes. I like you as you. I don't need a black Amy. Yeah. Well, and I, and that is also, you know, that is also true and is a tricky part of the work as well is that, that, there are beautiful, amazing people rising out of ugliness in this too that can be symbols of what is brave and good in this country. I think of Brie Newsom, and I get that image. I'm super emotional today. But I think of her up on that flagpole, and I loved the idea we of having that up in my daughter's room. as like a... Because we look for strong women mm -hmm. to... Um, and I love the idea of that picture being, I know that it would be meaningful to my daughter to have that picture. That was, that was strong though. It's, it's, I'm glad I looked at that with you. It's not something I can carry on. That's his job to actually talk. Right. He does that. He talks. Yeah. That's his job. That's but I He's can't, good at it too. I can't, I can't, I can't, if I'm thinking that because that's my life. I can't think that and then continue to work all day. You have to go back to work today. I, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I can't. I mean, yeah. there's certain things. If I if I got down about everything, yeah. And I'm and I and, and honestly, I'm somewhat. Uh, I, I I mean, I am insulated because of socioeconomics. Uh huh. I am insulated from a lot of things that there are people that look like me that. They're not. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I still, even where I'm at, I still feel things. You you still get hit on with really blatant racism, too, like all the time in here. Oh, all the time. But I people, can't... People I can't, think we're done with that. I can't I focus on that, though. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, if I focused on that, I wouldn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Is there a place where... You get to be re like all the way real, real, like not 
Because I know you to be very good at taking care of the people in the conversation and at like not letting it get too serious if it's getting too serious and someone's getting uncomfortable and sort of modulating your response. And I think that's an a, amazing skill. So this is not a criticism. I'm, I just was thinking about you this week and I was mm. thinking you're successful, you're loved in this community. Do you get to be real? Where do you do that? Where do I do that? Home, maybe? Yeah. Um, I think we all have roles, you know, and um, and so that's never my, my role is to be strong. That's my role. You, you, you know, there's some people that, I know that sounds weird, but I, but I want to be a shepherd. I want to be a, a peacekeeper. I want to be... Uh-huh. Someone that, uh, that, that I want to be a protector. Unless I'm home, you're not going to see me with my guard down. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I don't know if it's because I'm a dad. I don't know if it's because there, there are things that have happened to me in my life that we could go, I mean, we could go back, you know, oh, from yeah. the very beginning. We could have but a whole episode about your early we, elementary we, we education We actually times. could. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, I ask God, like, why did I go through these things? And I think it's so that I can help others. Because a lot of things that I've seen before are things that I'm able to use to either diffuse a situation or know how to act on, on or, or, or to be a protector of someone else. I want to make sure that those things never happen to me. Yeah. So I'm never looking for someone to... I'm never looking for someone to save me. And I'm sure you're that way too. You're the person that protects yourself. And you're the protector. I run into people all the time that say... That, that say <laughs> oh, Amy, yeah, she... she and at first, because I, I knew you as Amy Clendenning, and they'd be like... Oh, the McKeeses. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, they helped me do this. Uh, they got me here. And I'm like, McKeeses, Amy McKeeses. Like, oh, I'm sure you know Amy McKeeses. She says you're, oh, Amy. Oh, my God. Amy Clendenning. Okay, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I, mean, I don't know how. I mean, dozens of times you're, you, you, you guys are, are, your names come up. I think me, I always want to do new things. I want to. Explore. I want. I don't want to be put in a box. I don't want to. If I. If you don't adapt, you stay in that box. You stay where people think that you need to be, and they. You. You stay where. It, you. You become the person that people think that you should be. And I've never been that person. I think there's things out there that I love that I haven't found yet. You know, and if you don't talk to the right people or go to the right places, you may never find that. Because I've met some good people. We were talking about bad people that, that started off bad, but they, or you thought they were bad, but they ended up bringing you a blessing. There's so many times that that's happened that if I hadn't have been there, if I hadn't have met that person, where I've become a friend of a person that I hated, or I thought I hated, or they hated me, and they're like, you know, I thought you were the biggest jerk in the world. Why are we best friends? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but we are, you know, so. When you're talking about power and mutuality and like a growth fostering relationship, it is one where both people are moved 
and moving. Like they are, they are willing to be moved by the other person's experience and what they are doing is moving the other person. Hmm. So it's that, I, I think of it as mutuality. Like I think it's a, I like it. When you're talking about a growth fostering relationship, which is sort of the key, one of the big things in RCT, then it's a mutually growth fostering relationship. Mm-hmm. So that means it, it can't be just one person adapting. It's one person being able to be open with the next person and being able to change that next person. And that person being willing to be changed and in this process changing the other person. So That's hard to find as an adult. Yes. Because but it's, most people are there are, are who they are after a certain age, so it's hard to find adults <laughs> that are willing to change. Yeah. Your friend's mom is probably gonna keep on sending racist peanuts jokes on her Facebook page. You know? It's like, what do you do? I'm like, that's your mother. I know she's a nice person. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to I don't know what you do. I mean, some of it is really bad. Really bad. But what do you do? It's your mother. Well, and in your case, you can decide. Like, you can adapt and decide. Do I just want to adapt and have this person as a client and get through it? Because you can totally do that. Yeah. You know, yes, I could. And and here's the thing. Now, Now, when I started my own business, I, I determined, I, I realized that I could do anything that I want. I could set the parameters that I wanted. And when I used to work for someone else, it was like, Don, get through it. I know you hate that person. I know you can't stand this person, but for the company, you have to get, you, you know, oh, keep doing Oh, I it. see. So now you could be like... Now, that's my to. rule. That's my rule in my own company, that we do not work with do not bring any negativity in the office. I don't care if it's a if they're looking for fifty million dollars. Do not. It's not worth it. It's if they're a person that is negative, or if they if they treat any of my agents in a foul manner, we 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 get rid of them because I don't want anyone to hate what they do. We only need to work with people that we like and people that we get along with. Oh wow. Um. It's a big difference between working for a company and working for yourself. And working for yourself. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's just, I, I will always have their, I tell them that I will always have their back. And she'll continue to be my client, but because maybe, because she's a good person, maybe she has not, she, she is spouting off things that she does not know. Right. I'm sure she doesn't know that it would hurt you. Like, because she probably wouldn't want they're, to hurt here's you. Here's the thing. They're not even, most of them are not African, they're not geared towards African Americans. So there are things that she would probably share with me. Uh, there's one with uh, uh, about Sharia law. And sometimes ignorance is based off of the fact that you don't know someone who is... Yeah. You, you've never met an African-American or you've never had an African-American in your house. And so you have these ideas about them, these strange ideas that your grandmother told you. Or, you know, you may, I may be that person, that first person that comes into your house. And maybe I change the way you think about black people. Maybe. Maybe. And I think part of how that works is if somehow that person is able to understand that the racism hurts you. And, and so this is, this is what I was thinking about last week's podcast. And I was thinking about saying that my friend had a good heart. And then I imagined if 
I were with you, and he started telling one of his stories that I think is a little racist, or a lot racist, and that, that changed my image of it so much to imagine it being said in front of you. He wouldn't say it in front of you. I don't know. I, I think actually... Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God. Because, because of ignorance. Because of not understanding that, you know, like not knowing what it is. It will be my job to actually tell him. Well... You know, that was... That, that is... And I would do it in a... In a, in a uh, I would try. The last time I did that, remember the last time I told a guy that what he was doing was I... offensive? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> that didn't go super. <laughs> well, I mean, he lost his job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you do you remember that count? Um, that was yeah. for the uh, the guy in the um, blackface. Blackface. Yeah. And in the that ended up being a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, listen. <laughs> listen, and that it comes back down to that, like a willingness to listen and and imagine what would it be like without white supremacy. Uh, well, one of the things that I leave with is um, a determination to redouble my efforts to listen and to make space for people to be authentic and to actually be able to be real. Like, what's happened for me this week in in racist thinking, this week in racist thinking, <laughs> has been that... That I've gone like just a little bit deeper in seeing how much, like just structures, institutions around me, and I've said you know it's not like I'm surprised that to see that racism is institutionalized. I'm not. I knew that, but I'm starting to see it more in places that I just hadn't because of my because I don't have to see it, so I don't, and so I'm seeing more. Of more of that and then wondering like what would it look like if it were not based on on slavery okay but you also can I say this Just, you can say whatever you want okay. <laughs> you can't go too deep into that you can acknowledge that we live in a racist society yes you and, and that there are things that are out there but you don't be, be careful don't take it purse don't internalize that and feel bad about yourself, your person. But, I mean, you as a woman also have things that I, I know that this is a sexist society. Yes. It, yes. And it, I'm, it, I'm not, I'm not like going in the closet with my um, whip and... Some people have. Some people have taken it to a whole nother level. And it's great that they see it, but They've got their own battles that they need to take care of. And we have, I appreciate it. I appreciate their passion. Uh-huh. You're giving the, them the thumbs up here. Uh, against the, the Nazis at the farmer's market. Um, but I think sometimes you have to step back. And I don't know. But not like in the I'm sense going. of, could you please take a break from the farmer's market because you're ruining my groove. No, that's right. different. That's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's a totally different... Uh, yeah, man. No, cool. what I mean when I say that, like, I guess one of the things I would look at is, is, is what I'm doing useful. So, like, if I'm going deep inside and then I'm just self-flagellating because I'm discovering racism and I'm 
upset and I'm calling you to say, Don, please forgive me for, <laughs> you know, centuries of oppression, then that's just another way of me putting my work on you, for one thing. And for another thing, it's not super useful. So, and I really want to be useful in our world. I've got like this limited amount of time that I'm here and I would like my time here to be sort of useful. I think the fact that I'm sitting in your house is is something that a lot of people have never done. They don't have black friends. And I, I'm not asking some people to go out now and find a black friend. That's we, not we what I'm asking. That is not what I'm asking. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying we've become friends just because we're friends. Yes. Not because of because you see me as Don. Yeah, and we discovered how much fun it was to yeah, hang out. Yeah. Hang out. Exactly. And and I think that's what we have to do more of. We have to start just looking at people as people and saying, I really I really dig hanging out with this person. Yeah. But that fact that we've gotten to know each other is the first step. We connected. We connected, absolutely. In a month and a couple weeks, month and a half is another way of saying that. Okay. <laughs> um, our summit, What's our today? second relational summit is happening, and it is surrounding the weekend of September 21st. So it's that Thursday, Thursday the 19th mm-hmm. through Sunday the 22nd. See okay. how I did that? Yeah. Thursday night is a poster session where we're talking about how to visualize relational cultural theory because sometimes it gets a little um, esoteric. People mm. get, let's be all theoretical about it. And we're looking, we're, we're calling for posters that are ways of explaining it visually hmm. so that it's more accessible in that way. And I'm excited about that. It'll be an open house at the Bloomington Center for Connection and people can come look at their posters and there will also be like a refresher class before that or a beginner class if you don't know anything about relational cultural theory and you want to come learn. Um, I should probably do that. Oh, that'd be super fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, I love um, talking about it and not knowing what it is, but it's, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> well, uh, and there's different levels. If you go to our Facebook page, you can find the event and there's different levels of tickets. Okay. So if, if, you have an organization that you think could benefit from participating in all of it, not just the public events, but like our morning breakfasts where we connect and the refresher class on our CT mm-hmm. and some of our breakout sessions on learning and relational cultural theory. Mm-hmm. Then you can get different levels and you could support us in bringing these people to Bloomington to do this work. Cool. What, is there going to be a, a speaker? Yes, so um, Saturday night is our keynote speaker. It's Harriet Schwartz. Okay. She's coming from Pittsburgh. Her new book is Connected Teaching, and the title of her talk is Fierce Connection, A Relational Response to Hate. In the afternoon of that same day, LaShawn Williams, and you remember LaShawn from last year, uh-huh. is coming from Utah, to do a workshop in City Hall to help us get a clearer, get a little more clarity around what do we want in community. Because like, I think we're pretty clear what we don't want, but this is helping us see what we do want in community. So cool. LaShawn is coming into town too. And, and actually my friend, um, Dr. Dolores Finger-Wright, is coming into town 
as well. She was, she's in the, the sister HBCU to the one doing the Greensboro sit-ins, sit-ins at the lunch counter. In the documentary, they're like, the girls couldn't be kept out. And Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Can't wait to meet her, yeah, too. Yeah, you're, okay. you're going to love her. All right. All right. Yeah. Very cool. So I'll be there. Wonderful. Well, we'll see each other before then. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKees, LCSW, was recorded on Friday, August 9th, 2019 and edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Join the BCC on September 19th through the 22nd for the second annual Relational Summit, Learning Together, hosted here in Bloomington, Indiana. For more details, follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. We need like a good tagline to say at the end. Stay connected. There you go. <laughs> no, that's awful. Be willing to be moved. Keep working on it. Okay. What do you What do you got, then? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, stay that's, maybe that's it. Stay connected. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. <laughs>